Welcome back to the Theology of the Buddy podcast, episode 36. It's the most wonderful time of year, unless you're stuck listening to objectively bad Christmas music. On today's episode, Brooke, Mike, and Chris discuss the song Mary Did You Know, Consequentialism, Blasphemy, and Speculative Theology. This topic is a spicy one. Take a seat and listen in. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to Theology of the Buddy, where we take internet arguments way too far. We do. Where heresies and bad songs and are trapped and exposed. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> How you guys doing? Pretty good. How you doing? Dude, I am like crapping bricks. Why? You got nothing to worry about. No, well, just you're, kidding. you're fine. Yeah. You have everything to worry about. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, Julie is being induced tomorrow. So, baby's at 35 weeks, and uh, so they said it would be better to induce because the risk of infection is greater than the risk of prematurity at this point. So, we got a baby forthcoming. Pray for the baby and the family. They're going to have a lot of adjusting to do. This will be one of the the first penny babies to arrive early to uh, an event, right? First Pinnaker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To ever arrive early. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Among our group of friends, there's a thing known as Penny Standard Time. Yeah. Or Penny Time. Much like PST for us, Penny Standard Time is also three hours behind. Three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we just automatically assume, okay, they're going to be, they said seven o'clock tonight so probably sometime tomorrow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no, today I said I said I would be there around 6 30 penny standard time and then he calls me and he's just like oh yeah I'm leaving my house now it's 6 17 yeah. Like, yeah well okay we'll see it you're late 6 50 yeah. since I arrived yeah it was so, fine we were we we already expected that it was fine yeah well it and is I, what it is. And I had the food out and ready for you. Bless you. For when you came over. Bless you. Julie's currently in the hospital. So I miss her. her. I miss her so much. Uh, I miss her too. Mm-hmm. I miss her too. Can we rebrand, by the way, to yeah. Theology of the Baby? No. Oh, why not? That actually could be a really cute, like, you know, spinoff series. Side project. Yeah. We, you know what? We give Evie, Vincent, and Baby Penny, who I'm pretty certain is going to be named Brooke Noel, and <laughs> just give her the mic. <laughs> If yeah. a boy, Brock Noel. Brock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Braconius. No. Bracana. Or if, if a female, female. Bracana. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. I do miss Julie, though. And yeah. I really wish she was here. I miss you, Julie. I know you're going to be listening to this. Mm-hmm. Probably, maybe, sometime. While you're, yeah. while you're holding your beautiful little Brooke Noel. Yeah. The start of this podcast has been dumber than Mary, did you know? Oh, oh snap. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. But I have a, I have a story before we get into that. Okay. So, okay, this is a stupid, like, embarrassing story. I'm ready. So, uh-huh. you know how, like, you've been watching way too many streams, uh-huh. and especially, like, Okay, I've been I've definitely been watching Mrs. Ruby's stream like this past week. She actually became officially a partner. Clap. Yep. Clap. Huge clap. clap. So she's yeah. a Twitch partner now, so congratulations. Amazing. Mrs. Ruby. Heart reacts only. Heart reacts only for sure. Egg. Yeah. Yeah. Egg. Good egg. Yeah, she's a good egg. <laughs> yeah, so I've been watching lots of that. So I had a guy come in to service my fireplace this week. And he came to the door. And I opened the door and I said, oh, hi, welcome in. And then I realized nobody says welcome in in the world. (laughs) He probably looked at you and wanted to just turn around. He was just like, uh, I'm like, just like like motioning him to come in. Like, come on. And I just wanted to die. When the baby's born, Chris is going to be in the hospital going, one of us, one of us, one of us, one of us. Well, maybe on her, maybe on the baby's baptism. Oh my goodness, that'd be so yeah. funny. Well, I know, but how do you say that in Latin? Because that would be really great. Oh, Udum something. <laughs> What's us? Greg, Greg, help! Alert! Help! 
<laughs> that would actually be so funny to Greg's print on listening the to this right now, yelling it at yeah, whatever <laughs> yeah. device he's listening on. <laughs> what are you, new? We gave a beer for Advent. You did. I really miss it. Do you? I yeah. do. You guys are alcoholics. It's only been one week. <laughs> <laughs> it's been I already one. got the shakes, man. <laughs> well, no, because that's how we relaxed in the evening. Mm. Not every single night, but, you know, yeah. on Fridays for sure, we turn on the anime and have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Pop yeah. open a homebrew. <laughs> yeah. If, if it's not anime, it's D&D. Like, what do you want from me, man? Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not D&D, it's Star Realms or Sturdy Valley. I'm not making it any better. We're nerds. Yeah. Yeah, it's abundantly clear. If, or, you ha- if people don't know, they know now. And if Mike isn't home... You can bet your bottom dollar that I'm crocheting and watching Unsolved Mysteries like an old woman in my pajamas and slippers. Today's podcast, we're talking about a couple things. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, Advent is here. That's pretty Yay. sweet. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Penitential yeah. season yeah. of Advent. Sweetly penitential. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. By the way, did you guys do the, uh, the fast on Friday? Yes, uh, we did. Yes. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I definitely like ran to the um, the fridge right at midnight, and I made really? myself like <laughs> a bunch of tacos. <laughs> wow. I, I couldn't yeah. eat that that late anymore. I'm too old. Yeah, but you go to bed at like eight. So, <laughs> speaking of that, though, it's currently nine thirty-two. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yep. Yeah, but how's how's your advent going besides giving up beer? It's honestly, it's passed by. Pretty quickly, like we're technically almost thirty percent of the way through it. So, I've, yeah, Advent started December the first. Doing math right now, we're mm-hmm. almost thirty percent through. Advent wow. started on the first, and and it's the seventh now when we're recording. Yeah, it's it's not quite thirty percent. It's but almost thirty. I'll give it to you. Almost thirty percent. Whatever. Twenty-five at least. I love Christmas, so I really look forward to Advent and Christmas. And- Brooke had a really long, a hard time waiting to put up christmas decorations we decided to wait until advent this year yeah Brooke is used to putting stuff up super early this was the first year that i really was made sure that i didn't put anything up until advent um some people don't do it till gaudate sunday some people don't do it till christmas eve and some people put it up as soon as halloween's over yeah i think that's no we're trying to live a little bit more liturgically liturgically yeah Although I do want to give a shout out to Eric Salmon's tweet on the topic where he was like, okay, everyone, here's the uh, official church teaching on when you have to put up your Christmas tree. And then he follows up by saying, whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of our parishes have trees up at least. In mm-hmm. trees. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what they call them? They're often covered in those little tags for like mm-hmm. the donations and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Or giving trees. Yeah, but sometimes they also have trees like in yeah. the sanctuary and stuff. Yeah. Julie and I are not decorating until probably Gaudete, I think, is when we're gonna start doing that. Yeah. Are you going to the whole time you're decorating sing Julie's favorite song? I should. Or just get Matt and Aaron to show yeah, up. Really I would great. love to be part of that. <laughs> just on repeat. Topic for tonight is Mary, did you know? I have a funny, another funny story to tell about that. You should finish the uh, list of topics, though. Didn't you? You started saying, we're going to talk about a couple things. Advent. Oh, yeah. Advent. Mary, did you know? Speculative theology. Maybe touch on reasonable hope. Yeah. And Yeah, see what and, and we have there. and we have a particular announcement that we're gonna make at the end of the podcast, so yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, now that we got that out of the way. Story about so, Mary Did You Know. Yeah. So my mom tells tells me today that my aunt is currently practicing Mary Did You Know. No. And they're singing it at the parish. I got goosebumps. And my mom was like, but, uh, no. But my mom didn't even know the the issues with it. She just hates the song. Like, mm. intrinsically hates it. <laughs> She's like, yes. Yes, she did. The end. I'm like, but do you know why it's 
bad? She's like, because it's bad. <laughs> okay, boomer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see kind of on an instinctive level being like, oh, it's just like over emotional stuff, like not appropriate for the liturgy, yeah. stuff like that. Not digging deeper. Yeah. So, so for those who may not know, so there is a song called Mary, Did You Know? It was written back in the late 90s, I believe 96. Is that what that is? Yeah. By <laughs> Gaither member Mark Lowry. If you are familiar with I think Mark Gather. No, it's Gather. Oh. The Gather Gospel Hour. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Why Gather? <laughs> well, okay. Whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mark Julie, Lowry. Julie has helped us out with show notes. It says here that the lyrics were written by Gather member <gasps> Harmonica <Mark Lowry>. Legend. <laughs> and music by Buddy Green, who toured with them, considered a harmonica legend. <gasps> One of the top three harmonica players. <laughs> I wonder if that guy in PF Chang's was talking about Buddy Green. You never know. Well, wow! Could you imagine podcastception? Wow! He just got. He deep. actually was talking about Mary. Did you know? Oh, Can no. you imagine? <laughs> Mary, did you know has the sickest harmonica solo I have ever. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know Mary Did You Know counted as progressive rock. So Julie has graciously, like I said, helped us out with the show notes. God bless you, Julie. She's hanging out in the wings and uh, giving us great tips. So she shared from the wiki page. So the song Mary Did You Know. Uh, from the wiki page, it says that none of the questions listed in Mary Did You Know are answered in the song. Instead, the lyrics poetically... Mm, Invite the listener to contemplate the relationship between Mary and her newborn divine son, even if her faith and awareness did not yet include the details of what would unfold. End quote. So, should we read the the actual lyrics of the song? Yeah, sure. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're prone to seizures, nosebleeds. <laughs> If you're allergic to heresy. Heretical fits. Yeah. <laughs> I got this weird rash from this song. Yeah. Let's read the lyrical text. Okay. So, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kissed your little baby, you kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? <laughs> the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak the praises of the lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? That sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. And then, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? So much there. <sighs> so, according to what Julie left us, she said that the text itself has received criticism for perceived ambiguity or lack of scriptural theological depth. For example, the Lutheran writer Holly Shear, in addressing the rhetorical question of the song's title, wrote, Anyone who has even a slight familiarity with the biblical account of Christ's conception and birth shouldn't need to ask if Mary knew, because the Bible plainly tells us that she did. Yo, do you agree with that, guys? Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. If you're on Catholic Twitter, you know that everyone's sharing a meme about it. <laughs> You got the Batman slaps going, like, Mary, did you know? And then, yeah. like, Luke chapter one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Slap. There's uh, so many memes. But, yeah, the Magnificat is a thing, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Magnificat is the strongest defense against it. Now, hold on. We got we to gotta kind of hop back. So, why are we even talking about this when Catholic Twitter has done a far better job than we ever could. So recently on Mrs. Ruby's stream, we've been talking about this topic and I've been bringing it up incessantly and driving her absolutely batty. And we've had uh, a lot of other Catholics hopping in and talking, but then Mrs. Ruby responded with 
saying what makes the the song good is that it helps Protestants to open up their minds and hearts to Mary and to to begin to think about her and to warm up to the idea of her. I thought that that was an interesting thing to say, considering Protestants are generally sola scriptura, so they would they should already quote unquote you know should already technically be familiar with the scriptures. Yeah, you'd think they'd look at it and be like, "That's some unbiblical." unbiblical catholic crap right there yeah (laughs) (laughs) although it's not catholic right yeah Yeah. exactly it's it's written by yeah protestants yeah but when i think about it is yeah it it could open the door but it would be like open the door to conversation but it would be here the door is open by the way that song is wrong Definitely mansplain all about it. Yeah, can we can we bring up that, that <laughs> quote? So Queen B four oh two, um, aka what is her name on Twitter? Mabos four oh two. Okay, yeah. So she mentioned on Mrs. Ruby's stream this amazing quote from Twitter, which originally <laughs> came from what, Jezebel Henny? Yeah, I don't know anything about the original tweeter, yeah, but <laughs> but this this quote is great. Can you read it? Okay, it says, Mary, did you know, mansplains who Christ was to the mother of God. <laughs> I can't even read it with a straight face. It's so funny. <laughs> really, it's so condescending. It is. If you think about someone actually saying that to Mary, yeah. like, it's so, it's so belittling. Yeah. Like, yeah. talking down to Mary as if she doesn't know, like, yeah. all the things. And who exactly is the speaker in this song? Who's talking to Mary? I think it's Buddy Green, the greatest harmonica player of all time. <laughs> At least one of just one of the top three. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's why he's important enough that he gets to interrogate Mary about what she knows. The only the only person who has the ability to mansplain to the mother of God <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has to be a harmonica legend. Obviously, he's only number three because Mary and God himself are above and <laughs> <laughs> harmonica playing. Talking about what that, what Mrs. Ruby said, you know, I, I can appreciate kind of like that heart of like, you know, we want to find ways to be able to open those doors of conversation and to open Protestants' eyes to the beauty of Mary. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even here it says Baptist theologian Michael Frost suggests that it is the most sexist Christmas song ever written. Um, It treats her like a clueless child. Could you imagine a song asking Abraham 17 times if he knew he'd be the father of a great nation? (laughs) Like, after God said, you'll be the father of a great nation. Hey, Abraham, did you know? Did you understand the words that God said to you? <laughs> so here's my question. So what does a greater, what has a greater impact on Protestants or just people in general? The song Mary, Did You Know? Or the song Ave Maria? Ave Maria. Right? And because it's a beautiful song, it follows the biblical text directly. Mm-hmm. Like even just like... Uh, in terms of the wording, it's way more creative than asking just the same question over and over and over again. Right. Okay, let me be uh, Mrs. Ruby's advocate here. So in this um, song anti-canonization process, let me be Mrs. Ruby's advocate okay. and just say, Protestants and Ave Maria, Latin is literally from the uh, whore of Babylon, you know, evil mystery religion, Catholicism, something, something works-based salvation um <laughs> yeah i guess you're right chick chack yeah it's uh it's associated with the death cult of catholicism so there's there's a block with songs like ave maria for protestants sometimes yeah i guess you're right i think I can even though think- it is biblical mm. and and even you know in addition to that there there are so many other you know, pieces of music that would far better draw somebody into at least consider the beauty of Mary. Like yeah. what? What are you thinking of? Oh, I don't know. Salve Regina. Evil Latin. La 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 la. No, I, I see what you're saying. Like, <laughs> but so even even if it does perhaps open the door to conversation. Yeah. Okay. There are some clearly heretical and blasphemous mm-hmm. claims 
in this song. Mm-hmm. And and for the record, if you need to know what blasphemy is, we talked about this, uh, I believe, in season one. I can't remember which episode. Perhaps the principle of the integral good, where we talked about the fact that blasphemy does not just simply it is not simply attributed to the mother of God. So blasphemy does not just simply apply to God, but it can apply to the saints and Mary as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So like when we were talking, Oh, it was about, um, yeah, that's the, that was the podcast. It was the one about Stephen, Dr. Stephen Lewis at Franciscan, right. Where he, they were reading the book. Oh yeah. Right, with the blasphemous stuff about our lady. So, the church does clearly teach us, and it's in the New Catechism for those who who enjoy the New Catechism. <laughs> yeah, it, even the new, 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 new Catechism. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if I miscounted. Probably between the time we record this and it goes live, there will be another Catechism change. <laughs> Depends how many flights Pope Francis takes. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but yeah, um, so we can we can blaspheme the blessed Virgin Mary, right? So in particular, what, what is really blasphemous in that song is that, that this child that you will deliver will soon deliver you. Right. So that is a, that is a heresy first and foremost, because Mary was saved prior to her conception. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was immaculate conceived. Yep, she's the only one who got that singular grace. And that is a dogma. Yeah. By Pope Pius the Ninth. Yeah. I mean, it it's important to recognize that especially in parishes, mm-hmm. that line should not be sung. If yeah. you're gonna be singing this song, eliminate that verse. Yeah. Or that's, change it at least. That's an error where you can't really blame protestants for not noticing it but as catholics we should not be saying that about mary no that's wrong yeah the 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 biggest issue is like uh speaks out against like the immaculate conception it uh which we celebrate tomorrow which we celebrate tomorrow which yeah it'll be days before yeah you hear this everybody but Mm -hmm. i'm excited because my baby might arrive yeah yeah so good but I think the other issues with it are more general and subtle than that. Like that one is like objectively heretical and blasphemous, but the other issues are treating Mary as lesser than she is, like not treating her as the integral and willing participant in God's plan of salvation. Mm-hmm treating her as if she's just like dumber than the apostles. <laughs> like, you know how sometimes uh, Peter looks like he doesn't know what's going on, but he also has divine insight sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the song treats her as if Mary knew, knew even less when really she knew everything. And yeah. she, like her knowledge and consent to God's plan of salvation was integral to it. Yeah. She absolutely knew when she kissed her baby that she was kissing the son of God because the angel told her who the baby was. Right. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like we can't just say it's poetic rhetoric that makes it beautiful as a song when it's just, I don't know. It's kind of nonsensical. It's belittling her. Yeah. Mike, Mike, you're fiddling with your Bible. Is there something that you... <laughs> oh, I was considering actually reading the... Like, to proof text what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, go for it. For our Protestant listeners. Yeah. What version of the Bible is that? It's uh, the Bible. <laughs> Do it, Rames. It's a nice version. Yeah. One Remember, Chris, when we went to our first ever... Or my first ever Latin Mass? Yep. And I remember this. The priest said that reading any Bible other than Douay Rheims was a mortal sin. I remember that. <laughs> I was like, oh! <laughs> Goes home and reads his RSV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting, though, because there are there are subtle differences. Yeah. There are. You can look them side yeah. by side. And, uh, and hearing certain... We'll probably do a podcast on this maybe down the road. Yeah. But things like the Yohanan comma, that in particular, like, yeah. it's a big difference. 
Mm-hmm. And um, the one priest from Veritas Caritas rips into it and talks about how like these modern day scholars um, approach that Johannin comma. Anyway. Yeah. And even Orthodox scholars, like I have that uh, Ignatius uh, New Testament commentary on the RSV and even the, like the commentary by Scott Hahn on that book is usually pretty solid. Like it's really good for most things, but on the Johannine comma, it's not in the RSV and he talks about how like the history of it and how the, um, Holy office says that said, uh, in the, uh, when was it? I forget. Anyways, but it's in the 20th century that they said scholars don't have to say that it's part of the part of scripture. Yeah. It's open to disagreement. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe that's a fair jumping off point because when we're talking about Mary, did you know, when we're talking about things like speculative theology, a lot of it, especially in the 19th and 20th century, is couched in biblical criticism, particularly historical criticism. Um, yeah. And this air of disbelief towards scripture. They might say that scripture is inerrant, but practically they doubt every word of it. Do you agree with that, Mike? Biblical criticism is a is a big proponent in things like Mary, did you know? Yeah, speculative theology. Yeah, it's part of the background of a lot of things. A lot of modernist stuff, like James Martin, S.J. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ruby's favorite priest. What? Just kidding. And- okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to. Steve Skojek for the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, I was just reading one of the one of the things that really sticks out. Even just reading right before the um, Magnificat, you hear uh, Elizabeth say right after she says parts of the uh, Ave Maria. She says, "And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me?" Lord capitalized. Yeah, because even Elizabeth knew that Mary was the mother of God. Lizzie, did you know? Yeah, she did. <laughs> Don't talk down to her either. Yeah, <laughs> she's a saint too. Yeah, her son was John the Baptist. Like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Think about that, Mary. Did you know? People, even Elizabeth knew. Even before Mary said anything, Elizabeth knew. I still want to know, like, who is the singer of the song? Mark Lowry. And Buddy Green. So maybe he is asking her. It's just him. Nobody else. Just him. Yeah, but it should not be sung in public, especially at Mass. Yeah. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, I I, I 100% agree with you. I also think that they're probably going to be singing Mary Did You Know Tomorrow at Mass on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Not at the Latin Mass. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's not technically... Isn't the, the feast moved in Nova yeah, Sordo? the feast is So moved. they're not celebrating the Immaculate Conception, and they're singing blasphemous songs denying the Immaculate Conception. Double yeah. whammy. That sucks. <laughs> face, face palm emoji. Yeah. Oof. So I just, I just want to point out a fantastic response for parishes that want to sing a cool Marian hymn that kind of surrounds uh, getting ready for Christmas, but isn't a Christmas song. There is a song called Our Lady's Expectation. I'll just read a little bit of the the lyrics to you. Um, we sing it at our parish every Advent, and uh, the song is Julie's weakness it will make her cry so sing it to her Uh, just kidding don't do it uh so it says here like the dawning of the morning on the mountains golden heights like the breaking of the moonbeams on the gloom of cloudy nights like a secret told by angels getting known upon the earth is the mother's expectation of messiah's speedy birth 
Thou wert happy, blessed mother, with the very bliss of heaven, since the angel's salutation in thy raptured ear was given, since the ave of that midnight, when thou wert anointed queen, like a river overflowing hath the grace within thee been. On the mountains of Judea, like the chariot of the Lord, thou wert lifted in thy spirit by the uncreated word. Gifts and graces flowed upon thee in a sweet celestial strife, and the glowing of thy burden was the lightning of thy life. And what wonders been in thee all the day and all the night, while the angels fell before thee to adore the light of light, while the glory of the Father hath been in thee as a home, and the scepter of creation hath been wielded in thy womb. Yeah, anyway, so... Last verse I want to say, because it goes on and on. Every moment did that burden press upon thee with new grace. Happy mother, thou art longing to behold the Savior's face. Oh, his human face and features must be passing sweet to see. Thou hast seen them, happy mother. Ah, then show them now to me. Mm -hmm. I love that song. That is so much more poetic and emotional right and beautiful yeah and it's and it makes it it's a declarative of our faith right it Mm -hmm. declares that we believe that she believes in christ the son of god Mm -hmm. um and i think that's amazing Mm -hmm. so yeah look that up on youtube it's an older song um but you can still find it it's an older song but it checks out (laughs) Yeah, so you want to you wanna start dunking on speculative theology for a minute? Yeah, enough dunks on Mary Did You Know. Like I said to Mrs. Ruby on Twitter, it's like a four-foot basket. Yeah. It's so easy to knock down. Yeah, but what was her response? Her response was like, like if it's such a four-foot hoop, like why do you even care? Because we love Our Lady. Yeah. We don't want her to be blasphemed. Deal with it. Even by a pint-sized hoop of a song. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Speculative theology. Let's, Let's raise it. the basket a little bit, like yeah. maybe six feet. Yeah. Hey, Von Balthazar. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. I've already got my ribbon in a proof text for Von Balthazar. Okay. So, um, <laughs> we go. are, we're so tired of the, I don't know. I, I at least I am tired because I've been listening to Catching Foxes for a long time, and like I love those guys. I do. Luke and Gomer, be my friend. We listen to the same music. Like, hit us up. But yeah, like this whole love for Von Balthazar just because he's a Von Balthazar, and because he's got other great books, and because he's notably so smart and you know one of the brightest minds in uh in the 21st or 20th century and um like pope benedict even called him like one of the brightest minds in the 20th century um and yet he's got this ticking time bomb of the thought that there's a potential that um, there's a reasonable hope that all men can be saved. Yeah. One of the greatest minds apparently in the 20th century, but he found it impossible to read chapter seven of the gospel of Matthew. I don't know. I could read it. So I think I'm smarter than Von Balthazar. Von Bon Balthazar. <laughs> Good Balthazar. <laughs> but yeah like i don't know man like so he talks about this universal um the idea of universal salvation being a thing that you know god in his goodness would want this you know he doesn't of course the lord doesn't want anybody to go to hell that's i mean that's a weird you know thing to think right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like god does not want that but 
you know, I think it was Fulton Sheen that talked about the, the analogy of the fish, right? That's going downstream in the water and he's, he's loving it, right? And say you're sitting on the brook, on the, on the grass beside the, the river and you see this fish and he's, he's loving it, right? So like you're enjoying your time out just in this quiet spot by the river and the fish is enjoying where he is but say you were to take that fish and put him where you are that place that you love has now become hell for him and vice versa like if you force us underwater (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's hell for us god desires to be loved Mm -hmm. right but loved freely yeah and so he's not going to force us to love him it's like trying to force your wife like to love you. You can't yeah. force her to love you. She has to choose to love you. Yeah. Like that that it's a no-brainer. If you make her love her, it's just abusive. Exactly. And that's not love. Exactly. Yeah. It's usury, right? I mean, yeah. even John Paul II, right? He said the opposite of love is use. Yeah. Right? That's not usury. Usury, usury is the taking interest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, what would the word be it's then? It's using yeah, someone, like using I guess. Someone, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, it's not, it, yeah. The opposite is not hate. It's using someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. As a means to an end rather than an end. Yeah. 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 A person right. should be an end. Right. They're an object, not a, or they're a subject, not an object. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And in order for us yeah. to truly love God, then we have to follow his commandments and and, and and truly love him. Mm-hmm. So you talk about how you started off by saying Balthazar's concept of universal salvation being a thing. And if you say that on online, immediately they'll jump on you. And I've seen everyone, including Bishop Barron, do this and say, oh, you're, you don't know anything about von Balthazar. He wasn't a universalist. You're just misreading him. So that's cool. Splitting hairs in the most technical sense. He wasn't a universalist because he didn't say for sure everyone will be saved. He just said it would be possible. Then everyone who uses that defense then goes on to argue in favor of the possibility of everyone being saved using every universalist biblical argument. (laughs) So it's pretty hilarious to just see like people like, uh, Brendan Vaught even defending it, literally copy and pasting universalist arguments, like universalist scripture interpretations to try to defend it. The other thing I hear is like, you shouldn't say it's heresy or it's wrong because there hasn't been any ex cathedra statement about it. And my response is, I don't know how many times I need to say it to people, but a scripture and especially the words of our Lord in Scripture, it's already de fide. It's already infallible. It doesn't need a pope to say, hey, you know what our Lord said in chapter 7 of the Gospel of Matthew? That was true. And if you don't believe it's true, you're anathema. It doesn't need that to make it infallible. It's already our Lord talking. Mm -hmm. He is already God. He's not wrong. I've even seen some attempts to twist the uh, parable of the uh, wide and narrow paths, like uh, the infamous uh, article Brendan Vaught wrote um, defending Bishop Barron's position. And it said some crazy stuff like, oh, it said that many would take this wide path, but it didn't say they'd arrive at the end of it specifically. And it said that many, that few would take the narrow path, but you know, like that's not true if you read the actual text. And I'm going to read it from the Douay Rams. Let's let's have a go at some proof texting. There you go. <laughs> okay, and it's funny that it comes right after the Golden Rule. I like that. But <laughs> anyways, so this is uh, chapter seven, verse thirteen. Uh, Enter ye in the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there are who go in thereat. Oh, oops. 
It's not a path that they didn't get to the end of. It's a wide gate that many go in. How are you going to twist that one? How narrow is the gate and straight is the way that leadeth to life, and few there are who find it. Hmm. Few find it. But what about all the other ones that found it later? No. If there were more that found it later, our Lord would have known about it, and he wouldn't have lied to his (laughs) apostles. And then in the next verse, it talks about von Balthasar. Beware of false prophets who come to you in the clothing of sheep, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. By their fruit you shall know them. Don't cut out that slamming of the Bible. That was important. I won't. No, it's uh, the the most mind-bending thing is that von Balthasar was peddled to the seminaries in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and still to this day, they still read a lot of them. They still use him at Franciscan. Um, now, let's be honest here. Look at the look at what has happened in the seminaries since that time. I mean, yeah. You want to know fruits? There you there you go. They're empty. <laughs> like they're gone. <laughs> what, what's the, you know, as soon as you begin to doubt what the point is of being virtuous, of really seeking to become holy, why does it matter that I seek to become the strongest, like St. Paul talks about, you know? To run the race as if to win. Run as if to yeah. win. And, you know, I train my body, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, why train? Why train? If we can all get there. You know? Well, because it makes you a good person. Well... Not good enough. Not good enough. The thing that I fear, right, is like... I mean, you see in our parishes, the parishes are closing. The numbers are dwindling. Yeah. No, I'm just... The thing is, like... The numbers are dwindling. the, The numbers are dwindling in these parishes, and... How often do you hear homilies on death, judgment, heaven, and hell? You don't. And I surmise the reason for that is because some of these priests believe there's a reasonable hope. So why even tell them about death, judgment, heaven, and hell? It's it's almost like keeping them in a in a blissful ignorance. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If you don't acknowledge the end goal of heaven and what it takes... And what the consequences of not, you know, choosing to love our Lord and to follow him, then what are you even doing? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's and that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, all of these things have have wide implications. Mm-hmm. Like, so if the importance of morality and living a virtuous life are not important, why not just give communion to the divorce and remarried? Yeah. Why not give them to homosexual couples? And why not give it to the worst and vilest of sinners? Why? Because, you know, um, the Eucharist is not meant to be a place of, of, of disagreement. Also, and it's just a symbol. Oh, yeah. And it's not word. a reward. Oh, yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Pope Francis says... The uh, Eucharist is not a reward, but rather a medicine. And that's it's such a funny quote because literally the words that he's saying, true, good. But for some reason, everyone seems to know what he means by them is heresy. Like, yes, the Eucharist is not a reward and it is the ultimate medicine. But it seems what that quote actually means is allow desecration of the Eucharist and pretend that adultery is not a sin. Yeah, it's actually a diminishing of the Eucharist itself, right? It, it recognizes, yeah, it's a medicine, but like it's as if they think the medicine of them being nice is more important than the medicine of the Eucharist received in a state of grace. Yeah, exactly. When it comes down to the whole reasonable hope thing, you got to be really careful with... The bottom line is, it's not reasonable. At all. It's just not. Like, (laughs) 
Our Lord did not leave any wiggle room in his words. I mean, there's so many other passages in the Bible that make it really obvious that people are in hell and are going to go to hell. That's just the most ironclad one is that one where there's no possible way to interpret that and say and deny that more people go to hell than heaven. You have to believe that as a Catholic. Most people are damned. And that comes from St. Augustine, right? The Massa Damnata. I mean, that was something that he talked about. Yeah, that's something that's brought up in the Baron uh, video that's really infamous, right? Mm -hmm. Because Augustine and Aquinas both look at this passage and uh, interpret it in the orthodox way, not twisting it and tearing it to shreds. And if you watch that Bishop Barron video, he just says, oh, that's kind of a dark way of looking at it. I really like von Balthasar's way better. And really, that's about all the support he gives von Balthasar. Von Balthasar, I did it again. <laughs> von Bulbasaur. <laughs> von Bulbasaur. Bon, bon Bulbasaur. Bon. Anyway, yeah, that's all the support he gives him. Yeah, That's dark, the Catholic teaching of, you know, scripture and the best teachers of scripture, doctors of the church, tradition of the church for 2000 years. That's dark. What's really good is this uh, Nouvelle Theologie guy. (laughs) It's just so shocking to offhandedly say, yeah, Augustine and Aquinas agreed on this, but they're obviously wrong for no logical reason. Yeah. They're not wrong. Yeah. And the thing is, it's also backed up by private revelation too, right? I mean, not that we use that as a reason. But it is backed up by like every private revelation. <laughs> like every approved private revelation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Our Lady of Fatima, right? The kids saw the souls falling into hell. Like snowflakes. Well, that that was Wasn't Teresa. It? Oh, Teresa sorry. Saw, so them, sorry. saw them falling into hell like snowflakes. Yeah, yeah. Yep, sorry. I mean, yeah. I mean, every every great saint and mystic of the church, approved mystic, has declared, yeah, hell is real. Hell is a real reality. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's full of people. Yeah. Yeah. And and it sucks. Like like let's make this clear. Like as as faithful Roman Catholics, we should be upset that yeah. hell is filled with as many people as it is. You know, it's funny, um, Jonathan Van Maren, uh, he, he made a quote recently, and I don't know who it was by, but he was talking about abortion clinics, and he was saying how every abortion clinic in every town should have a sign-up that says, here by permission of the church. And I feel like there should be a sign on the gates of hell that say, souls here by permission of the church. Like, not by permission of the church, but, but permission of Christians, you mm. know, because... How lackadaisical has, have we become, especially in the modern age, for the salvation of souls? Mm. And that, that needs to change. And I feel like maybe the tide is changing a little bit now. Uh, I mean, you see things happening so much more frequently now online, like prayer events of people getting together, like that day of prayer and fasting on uh, December 6th, mm-hmm. you know. It's fantastic that Catholics are getting mobilized in that way, and mm-hmm. I think that's a great um, benefit of social media. I guarantee you most, like, a lot of people who maybe don't use social media did not know that it was happening. Oh, for sure. Like... For sure. You know, that should have been the first thing that, you know, the next morning that the priest made a note of to mention in his homily. Like, every single one in every single parish. No exceptions. And the bulletin, don't just put it in the bulletin, but say it at the pulpit. Yeah. I mean, if we had priests at every parish who would preach that, the church wouldn't be in the crisis where that day of fasting needed to be called. But I digress. So, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, and we need to be really upset. Uh, I'm burdened, and our hearts need to be burdened for the salvation of souls. Yeah. Like... Like, it's our responsibility to get our brothers and sisters to heaven. 
And so, like, when it comes to, like, coming back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show with Mary, did you know? I really respect the fact that Mrs. Ruby desires souls to find Christ and to find the Blessed Virgin Mary. But we have to find adequate means, proper means mm-hmm. to do that. And we can't do evil that good may come of it. We can't speak blasphemous stuff couched in nice, fluffy language about Our Lady. Yeah. To hope against hope that something will turn a Protestant to Jesus. Yeah. We need we need a bold proclamation of the gospel and of the faith. You know, I was listening to a recent talk um, from Dr. Peter Kwasniewski, um, and he was talking about the fact that like the Latin mass in its, in its rituals without even saying a word preaches the gospel. Like even just it, just the action of praying ad orientum is a, is a preaching of the gospel. Just a random side note. But I thought that was a really good point. It teaches without words. Oh, I just thought that was a cool side note. But yeah, totally. It makes a theological point with the movements of the priest vestments and everything like that. It's really awesome. So, yeah, no, I just, like, we need to get back to a clear proclamation of the gospel instead of watering it down in this nouvelle theologie kind of language. We we need to, and I think that's why so many young Catholics are taking a hold of traditional Catholicism, is because they're sick and tired of this wishy-washy form of the faith. Mm-hmm. You know, you need something solid to to bite into. Yeah. 100%. And that's why it's really important for us to, we feel it's really important for us to talk about this stuff. It's not because we like thinking about how people go to hell. It's not because we like talking about dark and gloomy things, as Bishop Barron calls them, and they are kind of dark and gloomy. It's because these things are necessary for us to be formed as disciples we have to know the truth about about eternity and what's happening. And uh, I was going to say it's not because we just want to make fun of Mrs. Ruby, but it kind of is <laughs> on that point. We love you. You're so mean. But it's not just because we left. <laughs> it's also because the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Something that I wanted to point out too that I think I've mentioned before is that one of the most freeing things for me i guess is knowing that and it's a simple concept that you won't find anything in scripture that is disproved by tradition and vice versa Mm -hmm. you might find things that you have hard time understanding but you'll always find the answer in tradition right i mean the, the the scripture came right out of tradition it's one of those things where when it comes to this question of is there a reasonable hope that all men can be saved, you're not going to find, like Mike said, something that our Lord says, and then later on down the line, see a doctor of the church say, actually, just kidding, he's lying. This is this is what he actually meant, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it be the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> And that's kind of how you can smell a rat when you read these Nouvelle Theologie guys, unlike reading the Doctors of the Church or any traditional Catholic source. You can look at these guys and say, they're literally saying the opposite mm-hmm. of Scripture. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like Mary, did you know? There's some stuff in there that's like, you know, Mary, did you know that Jesus would walk on water? Who knows? Probably not. She probably knew that he could. <laughs> you know, do she anything. definitely knew that he could. He could she certainly he knew wants. he was God, <laughs> yeah, and therefore she, he could walk on water. Yeah, therefore he <laughs> created water. Um, <laughs> but then to say like these fluffy things, and then just be like, "Did you know that he will soon deliver you?" It's it's like that. It's like that poison, like uh, Pope Pius the Tenth talks about, right? In Vishendi, mm-hmm. right? Just that little drop of poison that poisons the well. And, and that's what modernism is, right? It's that little drop of doubt. It's that little drop of disbelief that poisons the entire well, it, mm-hmm. where instead there needs to be a wholehearted declaration of faith. 
mm-hmm. uh, and and firm belief in in Christ and the teachings of the church and in tradition. Yeah, that's the main point here. Like, we're not here trying to tear everyone down and be a bunch of jerks online. Mike did enough of that earlier today. He, he called my head fat. I didn't call it fat, and I called it big. <laughs> <laughs> Which is objectively true. <laughs> As he looks at my head. <laughs> he wants me to make him a hat, but I don't think I'm going to have enough yarn. Hey, come on! <laughs> Literally big boned. I think your skull is just like the biggest, biggest ever. <laughs> completely derailed the podcast anyways yeah we're not here trying to be jerks online even though maybe some of us are sometimes mostly me (laughs) but we're here trying to take out that drop of poison and leave the you know unpoisoned food of the gospel the nourishing food that's just had this drop of arsenic dropped in it we don't want people to eat that no we can't just say a beautiful melody or rhetorical language is uh, is an excuse. You know what I mean? Like it might no. sound beautiful, but it, it really it's just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. We can't just say it's rhetorical and use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. And I've read that this that on as a defense that a lot of people have put up on the internet. It it just doesn't. Yeah, it's not good enough. It's right? not good enough. Yeah. It's not good enough. When you're talking about something like blasphemy, yeah. it being pretty, it's not good enough. Not right? helpful. No. no. And especially we're coming up to the Feast of the Immaculate Conception mm-hmm. um, tomorrow in our time. You listeners will hear this <laughs> uh, in the future. But I mean, I think it's, I think it's very important for us as uh as people even in the pews even if you're not able to go to a latin mass you know um if your parish if you hear this song or songs of this nature at your parish talk to your pastor but also talk to the choir director first and just say hey like this song does not actually follow the teachings of the church and uh yeah you should Probably stop playing it. And stop playing a lot of other stuff, too. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Sorry. I just have to say that. That could go down a rabbit hole of yeah. stop playing this Hagen and Haas song and these other 12 Hagen and Haas songs. <laughs> Actually, all of them. Yeah. Sorry. No, but, but I mean, even, even so, uh, yeah. Especially over Christmas. Yeah. It's like... It's the time when we should be really honoring Our Lady a ton, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really grateful for her. And this song is just a slap in the face to her. So if your parish plays it, talk about it to the choir director and tell him to stop. Yeah. Word. And then, and then show him Our Lady's expectation because it's a great hymn. Yeah. I can't wait to hear, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, sorry. I pronounced it wrong. Veni, veni, Emmanuel. Veni, veni, Emmanuel. Yeah. That Emmanuel is for you, Matt. Uh-huh. It'll you... come to find Messiah. Like, those are the songs I want to be hearing. Mm-hmm. Those are the songs I want to be hearing. Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. There's... I like I like that one. Yeah. But I think Come Thou Long Expected Jesus was written by Charles Wesley. Oh. Oh, yeah. I think. I'm, I can't remember. Oh, okay. But... I think the lyrics are pretty innocent though yeah they're pretty innocent yeah if i if i read it tonight and there's something terrible i'm gonna have to backtrack though speaking of songs (laughs) that i've had to take a second glance at so lower still by my epic is another song that is like mary did you know oh yeah i loved that song but there's a line in it that talks about um that says the blood of his mother, talk about Jesus, is mixed with the earth, like talking about him at his birth. And, yeah, and it's that's not true. Heresy too, right? It's not true. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to hear what's funny too? I have random, random, total side note. Unless she just happened to cut herself or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But um, I had a weird realization today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how, like, when Jesus 
after the resurrection appeared to the the apostles in the upper room mm-hmm. and he came in there was a locked door and it he was there i bet you mary when she heard about that story was like oh i've seen that trick before <laughs> Right? Because, like, St. Thomas Aquinas talks about his birth uh, being, like, you know, like, him coming, uh, like, through, light light through the glass of a window. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, she remained a perpetual virgin, right? So, <laughs> so Jesus kind of, like, was inside and then was outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of, like, he did that again after his resurrection. And Mary's like, oh, I know that trick. <laughs> I totally didn't realize where you were going with that. But you get it now? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Uh, no. Yeah. Well. So, yeah, please pray for Julie. Your prayers in the future can be applied in the past. Yep. St. Padre Pia said that. They can, yes. Yeah, so pray for Julie. But we do have an announcement. We'll probably post this on social media. But um, we're going to be taking a little bit of time off in preparation for our Lord's nativity, as well as to spend time with our families and whatnot over Advent and Christmas. Mm-hmm. And the Penny Baby's nativity. Penny Baby's nativity. Yeah. 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 His epiphany. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that we can make some appearances on uh, Facebook, Facebook Live lives. or something. Yeah. Hang out with you guys somehow. Will you, but, will, you do, uh, will you do an Instagram story sometime? Uh, yeah, if I know how to do that. It's I haven't learned how to do I'll it I'll show yet. you. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, boomer. <laughs> But yeah, we'll we'll try and hang out at some point. If you have uh, maybe a, we'd love to hear your suggestions on maybe something you'd uh, you'd like Mike and I to do on the live stream, or Chris and Julie and I, or just something you'd like to see us do. I was thinking a gingerbread house. Yeah, tell tell yeah. them what your your idea was. I want to build a. I want to bake the gingerbread. I want to make a gingerbread church. And I want to decorate it with you guys. On stream. On stream. I think it would be super fun. Yeah. And, and, and the gingerbread that I made and tested and tasted was so good. It was so good. Just so, so, so tasty. Scratch yeah. from scratch. Like, you know, wicka wicka. <laughs> <laughs> I so white. <laughs> Word. You are white. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so give us suggestions. If y'all think that would be fun, then uh, let us know. If you have another idea, then that's cool too. Yeah. I can rap really, really well. Rap presents. <laughs> wow. Brooke, you need to go to bed. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so... We'll, we'll probably see you in January. Yep. Maybe around the Epiphany. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. So, yeah, pray for us. Pray for baby. Pray for the theology of the buddy. Pray for the church. Mm-hmm. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. Pray for Mrs. Ruby. And pray for the world's third best harmonica player. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I just I just want to double check. Is, is Advent still a penitential season? Let me just check my Dewey Rames Bible. Yep, still a penitential season. <laughs> okay, thanks for clearing that up for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys. Cool. Well, to everybody, we hope you have a blessed and uh, wonderful Advent and Merry Christmas when it comes. <sighs> Merry Christmas. When it, ha- when, when it happens, not yet. Yeah. Not when yet. it happens. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, and. Uh, if you're not following us on Facebook, you can find us at Theology the Buddy. And on Twitter at Trad Friends. And Instagram. At Theology the Buddy. Twitter. Why will you not let us be Theology of the Buddy? It's like one letter too long. Good night, wow. friends. And stay, stay tratty. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. What Advent tunes do you like to listen to to prepare for the celebration of the Nativity? We would love to hear from you guys. Message us on Facebook or DM on Instagram at Theology of the Buddy, find us on Twitter at Trad Friends, or email us at theologyofthebuddy at gmail.com. You can also send us a voicemail via Facebook Messenger. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. 
Would you also please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes? We'd greatly appreciate it as it helps us to get noticed within the larger podcast community. We will be taking a break until the new year to spend time with friends and family. Stay tuned on social media for hangouts and fun. Also, would you consider spending time this Advent and Christmas with someone who may need a friend or prayers? Our Facebook group, Be the Casserole, is here for you for support, prayers, and fun. Make sure you're subscribed so you can listen as soon as our new episodes are out. We'll save you a seat at the table. Until then, stay trotty.